A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Welcome back to the Small Machine Talks. We're interviewing Claire Duplessis today from Montreal, and we have a few more questions for her. We've talked a little bit about um, writing in other mediums or other types of art, and uh, we've noticed that you have some poems that respond to or comment on other artistic or cultural production. How different is writing a poem that interacts with other art from something like writing a review? Um, well, I think it's going to depend on the kind of review you're writing mm-hmm. for start starters. So, um, for instance, I mean, there's usually I think there's usually a hierarchy when you're writing a review in which traditionally the book you're reviewing is primary and the person reviewing it is it's less it's less about the person reviewing it as yeah. well, you know. It should um, be like that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um well mm-hmm. so in that sense, um sorry, I'm gonna just collect my thoughts here for a minute. Mm-hmm. While the caffeine goes through the bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> a different kind of review, which which would be something that I'm actually very interested in, is a review that that not only analyzes the person's work and evaluates it, but also responds to it, mm-hmm. um, which is more of a creative response. Right. Yeah, I, I, I never think of those as actual reviews, yeah. actually. That's why I guess I said, oh, they shouldn't be, because I was thinking about those formal reviews yeah. in, the, yeah. in the Globe um, or something. Well, I actually, Literature. Um, I actually just started a new blog. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's called Debutantes. Yes, that's right. And um, it's actually Aaron Boothby and I um, who started it. But the idea, well, the idea is that it's it's a review site for first collections of poetry for debutantes. For debutantes, exactly. <laughs> the second idea is that it's a creative review or as creative as you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm considering in the future to write a review in poem form. So. Yeah, neat. Um, Anyway, within that context, I feel like the hierarchy is broken down a little bit, and like you can um, you can respond more individualistically. Right. So anyway, all of that is a preamble to say that if you're writing a poem that interacts with other art, that probably reverses the hierarchy again. So mm. then you, as a writer, comes first, and you're in dialogue with someone else. Yeah. So or inspired by someone else. Yeah. So it's more in terms of how you approach, how you're approaching it, um, mm-hmm. and how I guess you're defining it in a way uh, as you're approaching it. I like this thought of hierarchy. I haven't really thought of it yeah. like that before. So I, I like that about which which comes first. I always mix things all together. So that's that's good and it's helpful actually. As a follow up, you have some poems that either explicitly are about works of art or have some mentions of works in art or references and um, one that is explicitly or seems to be explicitly about works of art is you have a poem Las Meninas. Right. Um, so what do you think about or how do you, how do you approach even or what do you think about the idea of writing poems that are responding to or interacting with these um, or having an explicit discussion with other artistic productions that are kind of out in the world and how do you see that sort of interaction happening as from your point of view? Um, I mean, every person has their own way of 
getting themselves to write. You know, we're all in a perpetual struggle to <laughs> to be inspired. Um, and yeah. I think for me, visual art really it's yeah. it's a spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just I come from a milieu where there's a lot of visual art. Uh, my mother is a is a visual artist. Um, my best friend was a visual artist, and mm. um, and I feel like going going to see really good art is a way to calm me down or um i think i think different writers might put it different ways i see it as calming down maybe other writers would see it as like energizing them or other writers would see it as like um i don't know getting getting material i think it's a relief i think it's a relief because you know when you're sort of faced with all the negativity in the world like the Mm -hmm. idea that it's actually there's actually this creativity out there it's proof you know right so I say it's proof of the divine, but that's that's me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, it's cool. like a silence that like overtakes you if you're like looking at a really good piece yeah. of art. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I, I've definitely written a lot of, I guess they call them ekphrastic poems, mm-hmm. um, which which is you look at artwork and it influences you and you mm. respond to it. Um, yeah. Las Meninas is, um, is based on two paintings. One of them is by the the original one is by Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a painting which which um, shows a court scene, and there's like the infanta. She's like this, she's like kind of the central point, I guess. And this beautiful like, radiant white dress, and then there's this other little girl next to her, um, who's who's more interesting to look at actually, <laughs> but um, kind of in the shadows. And then, and then Picasso did a did a version or a couple of versions of this painting, um, which is totally different and actually like more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what where where's the last uh, Manines published? Um, it's coming out of my in in, in your book. book okay, to come. Um, so this is a tease for us then. <laughs> it's also it's also been published in Parenthetical. Okay. Um, last year, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up the link if I can. That's why I'm okay. why I'm asking. I'm the link girl. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, shift gears a little bit here. Um, how do you navigate being a series curator as well as a poet? And do you feel any tensions in terms of of these identities? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> The rest were terrible questions. <laughs> I got one good question in. Finally. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they definitely go hand in hand. Um, I think there's, there's like a general project of, as a poet, as a curator, as an editor, you're trying to put po- like put poetry into the world. Um, I, remember, I remember having a coffee with Adele Barkley um, in Laurier Park also last year and we were kind of over caffeinated and pretty giddy and I said something like I'm dedicating my life to poetry <laughs> and we felt so good about ourselves and we we're like yeah this is what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> um, and within within that kind of a context all of those projects work together mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I do try and keep those roles separate um, because like for instance running the resonance reading series in Montreal at the beginning, when I started running them, I would sometimes read myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's something I would never do. Anymore. I wouldn't. Yeah. No, it's wouldn't it's it's like within within that space, I'm the person 
promoting other writers mm-hmm. uh, and giving them a forum and celebrating them. And um, and the same when it comes to editing, um, you don't think about yourself as a writer in that moment, except maybe for like empathy. That's it. You're not um, going. What can I steal from this from yeah. my own work? <laughs> or, or you're not trying to impose your exactly your preferences yeah, yeah. or your style your style onto someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you're coming in as a reader mm-hmm. um, and mm. as a supporter. So, yeah, keeping those things separate. But I mean, at the same time. I guess I still think of myself primarily as a poet um, mm. and in that line I think having these different roles shared among different people is key mm-hmm. um, so that it becomes more of an exchange of energies than just like some people taking and some people giving yeah mm-hmm. and and I don't mean that in like a nepotistic way I'm not saying like I'm gonna do this thing for you and like (laughs) quid pro quo yeah I just mean like no there needs to be a general like generosity going Mm -hmm. around Um, yeah you said um, you're dedicating your life to poetry Um, that'll be a quote we'll put up potentially yeah (laughs) so like a nun I'm like a nun for poetry yeah without the chastity I hope (laughs) but but you also said it depending on the medium in which you're operating or the role in which you're taking it you have there's differences in the way you approach things and whatever for sure but do you have an overall vision as part of this dedication or lifestyle that I might call it the poetry lifestyle yeah poetry lifestyle or vision or a mandate that a you condo see coming soon to you <laughs> for the whole you know of, of you of you in this yeah. in this space of, of poetry do you have like an overall mm-hmm. vision and if so maybe like what are some I mean it's always hard to articulate exactly like what right, like course. what is like the the exact ideal poetry that you're trying to um, promote I mean I just I think that I, I see a lot of like amazing poetry that's being written um, and that isn't getting either isn't getting mm. published at all or isn't getting the recognition it's really getting mm-hmm. and in some small way like helping to form um, a literary scene, a literary world that represents like different voices yeah. um, and different approaches to poetry that have maybe, necessi- maybe weren't necessarily previously part of it. Um, I think we were talking earlier on about like the implied arrogance of mm-hmm. like thinking that you can like, take on that kind of a role. Yeah. Before yeah. we came to the Yeah, interview. before yeah. we came to the interview, we were talking about that. But, but it's a good it's a good thing to think about. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a matter of like always also talking to other people, like knowing mm-hmm. knowing like making sure that you're informed about the different people writing the different movements happening. Yeah. Um, can I ask something else, or do you have? Something yeah, else? I I have something, but you can uh, you can you follow up, and I'll it, also follow up. We'll just, just keep following up. We'll just follow. You'll never you'll <laughs> you'll be late for your train because we've just followed up. No, what I, I was going to say is that just is a bit of a segue because you were talking about uh, um, being part of the literary scene, creating a literary scene. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about. I should have put this as a question about Montreal's literary scene. What mm-hmm. are what are some of the other series? Because uh, when I it's until very vibrant, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny because until a few years 
years ago, I, I didn't, didn't, it's probably more like five or more years ago. As my, at my age, everything seems so, so fast now. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it, it, it seemed like that was mostly um, university based uh, and, and maybe through Matrix mm -hmm. magazine. But I guess there's a lot of that. Yeah, but I, I think there's, it's, Resonance has certainly added a lot to the, but there are other, there are other ones too as well. Do In you, terms of series? Yeah. Other. Um, well, talking about universities, I mm -hmm. mean, there's a creative writing program at Concordia. Yeah. And so they have naturally theirs. they're going to have a lot happening. Um, I would say there are two, there, you're right, there's the Matrix, I think it's called Lit Pop yeah. series um, that's also run through Concordia students. And then there's um, Writers Read that Sina Kara curates right. um, and also some of her students, which has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Lisa Robertson read there. Um, Claudia Rankine came wow. earlier this year. I think Fred Moten's supposed to be coming soon. Mm -hmm. Like she's been getting um, really exciting writers in town. And they also kind of have panel, dis uh, um, like, a, like a branch of that series is like having panel discussions. Um, between poets, hmm. um, which have been very important. Um, so there's that. Then there's there's a scene around Metatron. Yeah, um, right. Know, you know Metatron yeah. Press? They came here. Yeah, to... they did it. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a whole movement. The Metatron movement. <laughs> wow. They like that, um, I'm sure. That's a big compliment, yeah. And yeah. Um, Fawn Parker has been doing um, Bad Nudes which is relatively recent, but I feel yep. there's a lot of like really strong That's upcoming great. writers that are oh. um, in that scene. I mean, um, Drawn and Quarterly, for some reason I always find it hard to say that, Drawn and Quarterly <laughs> Bookstore is really a hub in Montreal. Yeah, I love that book. I love yeah, that store. And, I mean, there it's mostly book launches, mm -hmm. but a lot of writers go through there because of their book launches and it um, it feels active. and Almost like its, its own series in a way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, it's its own series. Um, I'm sure I can think of more if I... Atwater Poetry Project Atwater is another Poetry one I've Project, seen. Yeah, um, that, yeah. One's, that one's outstanding. Yeah. Um, and um, there's the the Words and Music series that Ian Ferrier curates. Oh, okay. Which is more, um, I almost want to say, multimedia. Mm -hmm. um, he, he often has musical sets, more performative, even like dance. Kind of oh yeah, he was here once for Verse Fest, and and he played music while there was a dance group. That, uh, yeah. that was it was that was oh. wonderful. Remember that Body and Light? They yeah, were called. I saw them in Victoria. Yeah, actually. right. We saw they them toured. in different places. Yeah, they toured um, one end of the country to I the other. At the Fringe Festival. Yeah, so that was that was uh, one of the most memorable uh, performances of uh, Verse Fest that mm. I've seen in, since it started. So that's a neat idea. Yeah, so we need there, more of that. There's, there's definitely a lot happening, um, yeah. and there's an incredible amount of writers. Like I feel like I've been I've been organizing the resonance series for almost five years, and wow. on average, about fifty writers read every year. That's great. And maybe half of those are Montreal based. Mm -hmm. So we can do the math, and yeah. um, I feel like I still keep meeting new writers in Montreal, right? Who I never even heard of before. Yeah, um, it's like where. <laughs> Another reason why I love Montreal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny, I think. In different cities, we we assume that there's things going on in other places, but that sometimes doesn't really carry or translate. And there's people that you know very well, and I'm sure I've never heard of, and vice versa, totally. mm -hmm. that are very active and doing interesting things. And it's mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting that um, there's a disconnect in this relatively what I'd call a small literary 
community in Canada, even between the different hubs. Um, but I wanted to just press on one more thing before moving on to the sure. next general question we have, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's again about the about all this stuff we're talking about about gaps. I think is what you're kind of addressing when you said we're, you're looking for what isn't being represented or included in like what's missing and like as a curator you're trying to fill some gaps. Uh, is that accurate? And if so, is that also how you approach your writing and in your artistic practice in general as a creator, not just as a, and I think curation is also creation, but I, I mean, as it far is, as yeah. a, you know what I mean, as far as a writer or, you know, an artist or that type of thing. Um, at the risk of sounding smart. <laughs> oh, no, not don't be smart. <laughs> Let's say it's like not filling gaps as in like, you know, like stopping things, but like, you know, let's say it as like making things grow as in like flower. And like, okay. Um, that was very smart. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's really no, no. nuanced. I, um, I mean, it's not only, it, it is about finding new voices. It's not only about finding new voices. It's mm-hmm. also about about strengthening voices who already have been recognized um, and putting them in conversation with one another. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that's that has definitely been one of, been one of my projects to be like more established writers should be aware of the newer writers mm-hmm. and like that sometimes can become like like if you have a reading for instance and you have a young person and you have a more established person there's a mentoring thing happening there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if it's not explicit. That's, yeah. Because people are coming to hear the the person they know. And they get to know someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, in the same kind of breath, the younger writer is refreshing the scene. That's it. And you always want that. Cultivating mm-hmm. the garden. That's exactly. What, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that's a Petit Prince quote. Il faut, il faut right. cultiver son propre jardin or something like right. that. I don't know. These things yeah. come to me. <laughs> um, I forgot the rest of your question. Um, if you approach your writing in a different way or your than your ideas about curation. Um. I guess I don't really think of them in the same breath, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine once came into my house and said, what she really likes about my interiors or my apartments is that it's not about the objects. <laughs> it's about the spaces between the objects. Mm. And I loved it so much. You know, I was oh, like, yeah, that wow, is... thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take that for your first poem in your chapbook about the, you talk about spaces between. Oh no, that was, that was, a, that was way, that was way later, but oh, you're right. Um, there's a connection. There's a connection. And then I started thinking, well, that's a beautiful way of approaching writing is to like, not necessarily think about the words, but about like how those words brush up against mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, trying to, define how that works would mm-hmm. probably be impossible right. um, but that's maybe a way I like thinking about it yeah I think this whole concept of thinking about space is mm-hmm. very interesting and mm-hmm. I think we all like Lisa Robertson a lot who interact yeah. with that, those yeah. types of ideas because quite a bit that's it yeah, yeah. Or when you're making um, any kind of art you're thinking about the the, the white space a lot in the yep. so uh, and, the, and the same with poetry it's also the silences too exactly and, not saying everything yeah yeah you want the reader to like yeah, have, have space to imagine what you were trying to say and, right yeah yeah good so are we are we, we are okay last question. we're in the last sort of section here and, and we're going to change a little bit but in some ways we're going to come back to the idea of the gap or the or the or a lack yeah. so um i was uh, um 
Clara read at, um, uh, la uh, well, for us it was last night, but when you're hearing this, it'll be later at, at, um, at the Inwards uh, reading series in uh, April. And uh, what, uh, she read some uh, poem that was uh, had some Afrikaans in it as well. And, and so um, I also read a, uh, in Sealing Roses, um, uh, the Puritan Spring issue of 2016, where she weaved Afrikaans into the poem. And uh, so I'm interested in, in, well, I don't even have a question. I don't I haven't even written a question here, but uh, I, I, I have um, yet because I have also um, a mention of a feature that you did for um, the town crier called "Writing English from a Multilingual Perspective," and one of your um, you you had two uh, pieces that you wrote, and then there were a number of other people who contributed. But in Afrikaans Part One, tongue correspondence, which I loved, you write Afrikaans is a language I covet and one that I lack, a negative space and a phantom limb language which is simultaneously omnipresent and missing which is by the way just gorgeous That's a nice quote it's yeah. a nice quote and it's just nice it's just already like a poem to me so yeah. um and I, I i was reading someone else who talked about a sense of otherness in dinda kyoko it, it, it kept coming up actually. Yeah, it, yeah over and over so they were kind of remember I mean, nine or ten other writers and they, they all talked about it it's oh, that's really fascinating. I'm fascinated by the idea of the other. So that's really so. Yeah, I find the in between and this sense of otherness to be very present, present, not present, present in your poetry. Do you think this lack between English and Afrikaans contributes to that sense of otherness? Um, something like that. Or do you even see that sense of otherness in your writing? And say, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, so I, I'm going to take a step back. Um, I was born in I was born in Montreal, but to South African parents. I grew up in South Africa, came back here as an adult, and um, and between those two spaces, English and Afrikaans are pretty on e like equal languages hmm. um, in my mind. I think Afrikaans is nominally my first language, um, but I write in English primarily, mm -hmm. and um, and so I, I think I've I live I live mostly in English now. I write mostly in English, but Afrikaans is always at the back of my mind. I sometimes think, in, I, or I mostly think in Afrikaans. Hmm. Um, and um, hmm. the people I've known the longest in my life, I speak to in Afrikaans. And so to to not be writing, to not, to not, I, I feel like those, like, uh, those Afrikaans works coexist in my mind, even when I'm speaking English. It's not like they're two separate spheres. Yeah. And so for me not to be including them in my, in my English write, writing, yeah. um, it feels almost dishonest. I can see that. Um, and so that's when I started bringing them in. But then that does create the question of, of otherness. Mm -hmm. Because the, the audience that I would be writing for at this point in North America um, won't understand those quotes. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to a reading by Uwana uh, Abbasilikoy. Mm -hmm. And she writes between English, French, and Romanian. I love her writing. And her writing is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember listening to her reading and being like, okay, I understand the English. Mm -hmm. I understand the French. Mm -hmm. I do not understand the Romanian. The Romanian, yeah. And it didn't matter, though, did it? It didn't matter. No. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it's always a question. Like, uh, right now, as I'm moving towards this book, uh, which has a lot of Afrikaans in it. I've been writing translations for the for the parts and like, mm. putting at the end and like really thinking, well, how much do I want to be giving the readership? Yeah. Like how am I gonna approach those translations? Um, how much should I be should I be explaining? How much should I be trying to 
navigate mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. um, it becomes a poetic process also, as well yeah exactly um what else do you mean by otherness well i, I I've, that's a good question for me let, <laughs> let me look through let me see if i let me see if I, i'm on the hot seat let me see well there's some like, maybe i've put little little notes in here but i think there's little parts where i think in um was it in Dream in Radical Disclosure? Let's see. Why are the those girls looking at me? What have I ever done to them? Nothing. And there's things like that in in the where the where the speaker of the poem is see, seeing things from the outside. And even even when we're talking before about the passive using the passive voice, it's mm-hmm. an outside. So it is other from. It's not a. It's 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 feeling like out, uh, being outside of of not just the poem but outside of say convention or and I I saw that in the in these poems too. Oh, and then even sometimes where co- the dream state coming out from the dream state like for instance uh, in dream in radical disclosures there's um, talking about. Um, after the uh, wedding, the bed incident, getting right back into bed, getting right back into myself. But it's kind of like coming back from sort of mm-hmm. awkwardness or, um, yeah, and, and there's other places too. My um, my body is a skeleton for the air surrounding it in necessary negligence of, negligence of effect. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. awkwardness of the body is a kind of otherness as well. You know, there was the gender too, issues mm-hmm. of otherness from that point of view as well. Oh, there, I've acquitted myself well. I'm, I'm pleased. <laughs> you know right. my work, I'm impressed. No, I've just um, written a lot of notes in there. <laughs> no, I, you, you're probably right. Um, I think I think about the multiplicity of self a lot, and that mm-hmm. could probably come across as as otherness yeah. in forms of in terms of like distancing yeah. um, from a coherent and um, singular self. First I heard the duplicity of self. Oh yeah. Which is an interesting one too. That could be fun. Well, it's kind of full sure. circle with what we started with talking about in the in the style in which you were writing about things like the body. True. It's, it's like yeah. almost like a disembodied description mm-hmm. of the body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the la- this is really I'm not sure how relevant this is, but um I really liked Juana Vasily Coy's uh, remark in her essay, Linguistic Alter Echo, Eco. Mm-hmm. The polylingual terrain is a place of resistance. I love that That's thought. Really and um, uh, do you have any thoughts on your own work as, as, a, as a form of resistance at all? Um, I can't say I love the word resistance. I know. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. As I was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, what does the word resistance mean? Like on the one hand, it's kind of like, you resist something so yeah. you refuse it or you don't accept it yeah like someone gives you a piece of cake and you're like no i'm gonna resist that that's right that's <laughs> True, a bad yeah. that's a bad example I don't, I don't um, or or then the other i think i mean i guess the resistance you're meaning more is like when you you stand up you fight for something or you mm-hmm. stand yeah. up for something um which i also don't necessarily like because it feels like you're creating kind of a barrier mm-hmm. um or like I like walls for art. <laughs> I, don't um, I don't necessarily. I, okay, so I think I, I approach poems more as like an open space, or like a free space, mm-hmm. a space in which like everything can be included. Um, and in that sense, it is resistance, just because it's an alternative. Mm-hmm. It's an alternative space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the way I like yeah. think of resistance as well, an alternative right. space. Interesting. Because whenever you set up a dichotomy, 
Yeah. It's, um, you're, you're you're closing your mind and you know, closing the space yeah, too, right? Like, yeah. You're also privileging that thing in which you're fighting against in a yeah. way because you're like yeah. privileging that as the the norm or something that you're resisting against, whereas you're creating an opposite, an alternative space as a form of resistance. It's more of a it's yeah. not deferential implicitly. It's it also feels inclusionary. Thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's that's a very good uh, point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have anything <laughs> else to and you wanted to add? I think we've had a good run. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. we had a good run too. Yeah, so I, 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 oh, I wanted, yes. I wanted to say this. I always have to have to uh, shower praise on on the writer at the end <laughs> of the. We wouldn't be interviewing, you know. Well, there's so many great writers, so we we, uh, but we interview the one. So yeah, this series of articles on writing in English from multilingual perspective, I I really love those, especially your essays on Africans and the artists and writers who are bringing it back from its near extinct status, or have given you an appreciation for the language. Um, I was very excited when I read this. This is a quote from you. Yet I dream of pushing the, this practice further, of writing Afrikaans poetry and circulating it, circulating it among an Anglophone readership. This could posit a complete denigration of the language to nonsense verse, words on the page that don't communicate, or it could be a challenge to create nonlinear meaning, either employing translinguistic homonyms or gathering Afrikaans words reminiscent of their English equivalents so as to imply comprehension. Again, this could be interpreted as an act of catering one's language integrity to that of another, or in contrast, as a way of, for a minority language to reinsert itself into a creative conversation, or simply for me to write as I need to do. That's that's an amazing thing, and if it, I will look forward to your book from Palimpsest. So, so that's thank uh, you. that's exciting, and thank you very much for uh, for joining us today. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It's, it's been, been great. yeah, it's been great conversation. All right. Until next time. Thank you. Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>